Welcome to the Hill Black Joy podcast presents Soul Food and War. I'm Lola Troy, the host and curator of Hill Black Joy, the learning platform for our community to heal our Black joy with tangible and attainable programs for the mind, body, soul, relationships, and businesses. And in today's conversation, we are talking about Hill Black Joy through married and Black love. And today, my guest, our beautiful Black married couple, Scott Hayes, is a licensed clinical social worker with 22 years of experience as a mental health practitioner. His professional interests are in educating minority populations regarding the importance of integrity and integrating systems to include regular mental health care as a part of overall health and wellness, which he promotes on the community health panels he regularly invited to join. Scott holds a Bachelor of Social Work from Tuskegee University and a Master of Social Work from Alabama A&M University. He is also a member of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. His wife, Shate uh, Hayes, is an educator and writer with a passion for telling stories that ignite career advancement and elevate elevate voices of marginalized populations. She leads a high volume educational career content team at, at a marketing, a market leading tech company and is actively engaged in the community through career panels and regular contributions to Dance Point and Dance Teacher Magazine. Chate earned a bachelor in psychology from Spelman College and a master of fine arts in dance from Sam Houston State University. She also is a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. The Love Haze in the building, you guys. The Love Haze podcast. Wonderful, beautiful black club couple. Love, black love, black excellence. HBCU grads. I love it. I love it. Everything about you guys, I love. Thank you so much for having us. Oh my God. So how are you guys doing today? Like in today's pandemic, what does that look like for you? How are you guys as a black married couple? Cause you might be spending more time together than normal. So, you know, for us, we're doing all right. We got married and immediately went into the to quarantine. So <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> like literally weeks later, later. So everybody, you know, all our married friends are like, well, if y'all survive the pandemic, you're good. So right. Uh, we 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 doing a, you know all right hanging in there no complaints blessed and highly favored how are you I'm good man I'm good I know in our community as a collective there's just been so much going on in the community like you know as of recent we've had a couple of suicides that have happened in mm-hmm. our community um, and I know with both of you working in the space of education and in mental health. I know that it's important. So I always try to come on. I always want to come on with high energy and ask people how they're doing because, you know, most of us that work in the healing space or in the educational space or in a space of mental health, they think of us as the strong friend, the strong people, the strong friend. And a lot of times we don't get that question asked to us, even though we're asking that question to the masses, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to start off there and ask you guys, how are you guys doing? So um, I am super excited to have you on. This is the month of love. Yeah. This is the month of Black history. 
So you guys are a Black History moment in the making. Anytime you see a Black couple that it, that displays Black love, to me, that is iconic. Because as you know, now Black love is back on the rise. Black <laughs> couples is back on the rise. For a long time, you know, my parents' generation, there were a lot of married couples. And then when it got to my generation, I'm in my late 40s. I'm not going to say my number. But <laughs> <laughs> we attempted. Some of us attempted. Some of us were successful. And then some of us were not. Um, we opted for careers. Yeah. You know, we took that path of career. And then, you know, it just did not work out for us. Not to say that we don't, you know, want Black love or don't want Black marriage. It's just that we have to figure out how to navigate that in today's time. Right. So I would love to start with your love story. So how you guys have been married since the beginning of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Tell me, how did you guys meet? So we originally connected actually on an online dating site called Bumble. Bumble booze. Let me find out. Come <laughs> on, Bumble yeah. with a connection. Yeah. yeah, so we met on Bumble, uh, connected there. Unique thing about Bumble is that the uh, once you connect, the woman has to speak first, mm -hmm. or they basically unmatch you. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so um, Shate spoke first, and we started uh, having a little bit of conversation. And um, it wasn't long before she told me she was like, "I'm I'm getting ready to get off this app." Yeah, online dating was never for me, but I had moved back to Atlanta and my friends were like, you know, dating out here is a little different. You might want to try something different. Why don't you try an app? I had done online dating like years before and it just, I prefer authentic connection. But what happened was I had, uh, IG stalked him and was like, okay, we know people in common. So he's cool. Uh, people know him in real life, so I'm going to get off this app, and if you want to still talk, then here's my here's my info. Right, right. Yeah. So I know with online dating, and I've been on Bumble, um, and have met some really nice guys on Bumble. Yeah. Um, and actually, a friend of mine who I'm really cool with now, we still talk from Bumble. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't have I didn't have a love connection, but I've gained a great friend. You know, maybe mm -hmm. you know potential boo. I don't know. Mm -hmm. but I've gained a great friend from Bumble. So there's some really good guys on Bumble. And I love that process. Like you, I too did online dating years ago, never worked out for me. Um, and some people it does work out for, and some people it doesn't work out for. Mm -hmm. So what about each other did you find? I know when you do online dating, you kind of see their avatar, meaning you kind of, yeah. you, you represent yourself in the best light anyway. But what was it in your conversation that you picked up in him or you picked up in her that was just like, hey, this is something, this is a little bit more than just your average Joe collection, connection. Yeah. yeah, I think it's important. What you said is, is really key that it's their hits and misses, just like in real life. And so I think some people are really quick to kind of write off apps in general just because they didn't make any connections. But just like you meet people in real life, you win some, you lose some. For yeah. that in particular, there was a couple of things that were just like easy to weed so many people out. There was like, if you couldn't, unfortunately, I, I hate that <laughs> the way this might come out, but if you couldn't like put together a sentence, like if you just got run on sentences when you were talking to me, like couldn't even 
carry a conversation, you know, via the, the app itself. I was like, eh, you know. And then yeah. I, what, what I noticed with Bumble in particular is because the women had to initiate the conversation, it felt like I was carrying the conversation a lot with some of the folks. And it was like, are you going to engage or like, are you expecting me to chase you now? Because, you know, I had to speak first and that wasn't for me. So Scott could hold a conversation like via the app. He knew where to put his periods and his commas. <laughs> and then he was actually like talking about something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for me, it actually started at the swipe. He said something on his profile that was like, I'm trying to reconcile the books daily on my life. And I was like, okay, like this is, this is somebody that I want to, that I want to talk to. Right, right. I love that you say that because my friends crack, uh, trip on me when I say that your your grammar has to be on because I'm the product of two English teachers. Mm -hmm. And if you say something just off the wall, I'm just like, oh my God, I, I can't do it's it. Like it's, al it's almost like that scene where uh, I can't remember the movie with Gabrielle Union, Julia, I would make a, never make a fool. I'm like, <laughs> let me go. I can't do it. <laughs> abort, abort. Right. right. So I totally get that. So what did you see in her, Scott, that, you know, that connection? What was it that you saw in this beautiful black sister? I, I Initially, um, I definitely thought she was attractive, um, you know, having a dance background and all of those things. But I think after we started having a conversation, it was more about like genuine connection, yeah. talking about things that were very future oriented, but not beginning with like, what are your goals in five years? You yeah, know, yeah, do yeah. you want to be yeah. man? Those types of things. And one of the things I was very honest about, uh, even in my dating profile, was that I was coming out of a marriage mm -hmm. and that I was still on paper separated. Mm. Um, you know, that my divorce papers had not been signed, but I was still actively dating and I wanted that to be clear. But I did not know how many men in Atlanta like date on online and say that they're separated. So I and they're not. Right. And I yeah. encountered so many women that were just kind of beating me up about that. Like, are you sure? You're separated. Are you sure? And that would be the end of the conversation for me. And um, Shatay heard me and mm. then started talking about other things, you know, which was important to me because I'm a man of integrity. And so I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time like going back and forth about something that I'm, I'm certain of. So, you know, I'm not going to put a part of my truth out there and then have to defend the truth. I, I just I would just lie, you know. Right. So, I was excited about, you know, her being very future oriented as it relates to what her goals were for herself, not necessarily mm -hmm. around her dating life. And that was something that was very different. So the different really sparked my interest. I, I will say I'm not that I'm that noble. I appreciate mm -hmm. the, the shout out and shout out to our brother, Z Lorenzo talking about my life. It's a lot. Luxurious lot. Right. Yeah, right. I saw that. Um I I have those thoughts, though, if I'm being completely honest. And so I guess the part that I really want to be transparent about, because we're all about authenticity and like really sharing the for real parts of our story, I can't sit here and be like, okay, I just took him at his word and then that was it. And then we lived happily ever after. There is a whole like, yeah, we continue the conversation because we did really have a genuine con uh, connection. But I was kind of like, he's probably not emotionally available. 
They're going to get back together. You know, I thought all of these things, and it actually caused me to ghost him. Like, we joke all the time about how we ghosted each other. But initially, I was like, he's not available. Like, he's he's not emotionally available, and I don't have the time to put myself through that. And then not long after we connected, the divorce became final. And then that's when I came back and was like, you know what? It wasn't my intentions, <laughs> you know, to, to ghost you. you. Yeah, but yeah. I just, I wasn't sure because you never know. They could have gone back, gotten back together. You right. know, you just never know. I love you guys' transparency because I think it's important for people to understand the dating scene and what it looks like, whether it's online or in person. I think that it's important for transparency because a lot of times people don't have integrity. People do not, you know, provide transparency. And I know in the previous conversation I had about specifically talking, having conversations when it deals with relationships between black men and black women, we do not, this is just my opinion, we do not trust each other. Mm. We don't trust each other enough. Yeah. But I think it's right. these conversations that we're having right now and the conversations that you guys have on your podcast, the conversations that I have here at Heal Black Joy, I think when we bring up the transparency and the vulnerability to be able to talk and just hash out some of the things that we normally would not be comfortable enough talking about, yeah. I think we can get somewhere in that conversation. So I, I, I applaud you guys for, for your transparency and your vulnerability. And what I like about what you said, Scott, in particularly is that she heard you. She met you where you were. Mm -hmm. Because that is huge. Can you speak to that as a black man? Because I think black women, the first thing we do, a lot of times if we've been scorned or we've come from a bad situation or we've experienced some trauma, you know, whatever that is from our past, we come with this expectation and then we come with this laundry list like, oh, if he says that, that's a red flag. If he says that, I'm going to cut him off. If he says that, you know, everybody yeah. is just, I'm just kind of looking at you like, I don't even trust you. And I'm going to allow you to work your way back to a place where maybe I want to continue this conversation with you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think that can be, you know, a lot of our downfall, right? I think that we can have, you know, those, those thoughts and those feelings, but we have to be honest about what it is that we feel. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, early on, even between us ghosting each other, because one of, one of the ghosts from her, you know, was was her part. And then that kind of made me feel like, man, this girl playing, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. I, I ain't finna stop talking to all my bumbleboos <laughs> um, to deal with this woman while she's playing, you know? And we just had that uncertainty, but at some point we just had the conversation, right? And so I think we all have to give ourselves permission to, to feel our feels. Yep, yeah. Right? But to be honest with the person that you're dealing with. And I think we a lot of times avoid having the conversation and, and we'll just uh, elect to opt out, right? Because I saw a red flag. There were plenty of red flags that I saw um, with Chate. Uh, and But I, I chose her anyway. Plenty, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a lot, right? <laughs> no, but I'm glad you said that. Because I think what people think is, when you go into marriage or when you go into, you know, a uh, 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 exclusive relationship situation, right? Not a, not a situation ship, but a relationship mm -hmm. where you guys are deciding, you know, hey, I want to be exclusive with you. There's this really, con there's a, a connection with us. Yeah. 
people think that you're not going to have red flags. Social media has polarized this whole red flag. You know, there was that red flag tag and that went totally through the rafters, right? Can you speak to the thought process of having that connection, knowing that this is somebody that, hey, I might want to spend the rest of my life with her or I might want to spend the rest of my life with him, but I still see some red flags. Like, can you speak to that? So, so for me, and, and then I'll let Shatay respond. So for me, I think what I had to realize that uh, is that everything that I see as a red flag is, is not necessarily a red flag. Some of that is my trauma that I'm bringing along with me. It Come is a, a bad experience that I had in the past. And I recognize something that has triggered my own not enoughness. And I'm attributing it to this person that I really don't know. And we cannot pray for a new thing, right? And to have a new experience and then be triggered by our old experience and throw away what we've asked for, right? right? At some point, we got to put some, some feet behind our faith and say that I trust that whatever this experience is, that I'm going to be okay, yeah. mm. right? And that I'll learn something from it, even if it's not this whole happy ending that I had envisioned in my mind. And, you know, some of the things that should taste still challenging on to this day had to do with like partnership kind of stuff and all these things that I was talking about even in my profile that I wanted when they showed up in the form of her like even wanting to pay for dates you know sometimes I would be like no nah, I got it and she would challenge me and just be like hey do you you said you wanted a partner so do you want a partner or do you not right so when a person shows up and challenges we can ask for these things and then they show up and we still be like wait hold on she playing right. She's not for real. But you you can't pray for a new thing and then and then not want the new thing when it presents or have your own not enoughness triggered and make it a red flag when it's really not. It's really a green light, right? But we make it a red flag because we scared, you know. And if you scared, you just gotta say you scared. That's a whole word. That is a whole entire word because it's not necessarily a red flag when it comes to her. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm glad you said that. Hey, T Tamika, Sales Atlanta, thanks for joining us. And everybody that's joining us right now, heart it up, sh send this out, share this with your good, good friends, because we are talking to the Love Hayes podcast. Scott and, and Shatay Hayes, beautiful black couple, beautiful <laughs> black marriage, beautiful black love. This conversation is so good, you guys. I love that you said red flag for you, not necessarily that she was the red flag. There were some things that she displayed was the red flag, mm -hmm. but it was your trauma. It was the things from your past. Heal Black Joy Tribe, we talk about trauma all the time. This is what I, I talk about. This is what I coach on. We got to heal that stuff so that it doesn't present itself in our relationships. Because I say we're only as healed as what trauma that we've healed, mm -hmm. right? We show up in our filter, and our filter is our past trauma, whatever that is. And when you said that you wanted a partner, right, and that she presents herself like, hey, I want to pay for this date, it's not that she's not thinking that you are the man and that you got it going on mm -hmm. and that you can take care of her and provide for her and do all these things. She's just like, no, I want to shower you with the same type of love. I want you to see that. But I think a lot of times, men especially traditional men if they come from a traditional background 
they would assume that that's like that's wrong or that's being aggressive or that's being uh you you're you're thinking that I can't take care take care of you kind of thing cuz i've 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 seen that before in my own dating life wow mm -hmm. so what do you think so about you that chate like what what was your mindset like when you presented it to him and he was just like you know what 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 was that conversation like what were you saying to him i in terms of i want a partner as well so i i mm. never wanted a super traditional relationship where i was somehow seen as um i don't want to say less than because that's that's too too harsh for what I'm, I'm thinking. I want it to be covered. I want to be covered. And I also want to be acknowledged for what I can contribute to the relationship. Um, I want to be um, brought in on decisions that affect the both of us. And then if, I, if we defer to his judgment as the head of our household, then that's okay. But I still want to be consulted. You know what I mean? Like I want, I want, I have something to offer to the relationship. So I want to do that. And so I just never had the mindset that I was looking for somebody to take care of me and looking for somebody to, to, to do all of the things that quite honestly, you know, I had been single for all this time. I was doing for myself already. Right. Um, also think, and I know we're not going down this, <laughs> down this path, but I also think that there are some sometimes and in some relationships, not across the board, but sometimes there's like an exchange of power when it, when that kind of stuff happens an exchange of and, the, and you touch that's what you're kind of touching on though is like yeah it's paying for everything then what are what is he expecting from me in return and the, the reverse could be true as well if i am doing these things for you all the time then what should you be doing for me in return and so i don't like that dynamic of power that does that doesn't sit well with me so yeah. i want to have something to contribute and to your point i also want to show you that like I can hold us down as well. Like, so there are, are parts, times in a relationship where he's going to give a little bit more than I am and then vice versa. And so if for some reason I had to hold us down, like I would want him to know that I could, you know? So I don't want yeah. to be like, everything's got to come out of your pocket. Everything has to be your resources. It's about us putting our resources together to create the life that we want, you know? Yeah, yeah. I love that. I think that is so... Um, commendable of of you being able to receive and you being able to give and you guys being able to understand that that is what true partnership is if we're if we're going to just define what partnership is that is that in a nutshell that is what true partnership is and i think a lot of times people come off of this traditional thought process of what marriage is supposed to be either they saw it in their own homes yeah. or <laughs> they didn't see it in their homes and they're like this is what it's supposed to be. So I'm going to be the man and I want you to be the woman or I want to be the woman. Let's talk about women, for instance, that don't have their fathers in their household, right? Mm -hmm. And they've got strong women, you know, that raise them. If you have never been around a man and you have only been around women your whole entire life, you kind of lead with your masculinity. Mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. because that's all you've seen that's all you've experienced that's all you know and even though i came from a two-parent household what made me leave with my masculinity and this is something in more recent years is that i went through a divorce 
And mm -hmm. then I was, you know, raising my daughter from, not, I, I don't want to say a single household because even though she was with me, she was also with her dad. We just weren't in the same house. Um, so I want to acknowledge that, not say that I'm a single mm -hmm. mother because I'm not a single parent. Right. Um, but there were a lot of times that I had to make this. I mean, living by myself, I got to make the decisions. I got to be the protector in my household. I got to be the provider in my household. So a lot of men were being ne not necessarily intimidated, but they said that I led with my masculinity, those that could t talk to me from a truthful place. Yeah. And I had mm -hmm. to come to grips with that in my own, you know, my own dynamics of dating. It was just like, okay, Lola, you got to kind of, understand that you don't have to sit in that role all the time even though that is what your norm is mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you have to be there especially when you're in that dating arena and you're trying to get to know somebody right well, right you know one of, one of the things that that um this relationship re required of me was for me to do a great deal of unlearning right so okay. from what I knew about what my father taught me about being a husband. Uh, I carried that into my first marriage. And even when Shatea and I were like communicating via Bumble and starting dating, when I, one of the things she always said was like, I want to be covered. And so I brought along the traditional um, or what I thought my definition of covered was. Mm -hmm. Covered meaning covering everything, taking care of everything. And that wasn't what coverage meant to her. Mm -hmm. And so being in relationship with her, I found that coverage meant something totally different. So it meant me unlearning like this old thing that did not work for me. I wanted to be that thing because that's what, you know, I thought was going to be required of me to be a good husband. Mm -hmm. That's what I saw my father do and sometimes fell at. And when he failed, you know, he, he drank it out, you know, and those <laughs> right. types of things. Yeah. But we have to unlearn when we want to be in healthy relationships. And we have to acknowledge that um, a healthy partnership between me and this woman is going to look a lot different from anything else that I've ever been in. And right. that's what defines success. Right. So we we are not, especially on our podcast, we are not people who um, are here saying that we're the experts on what black love should look like. Right. Mm -hmm. We have found what works for this partnership. Right. And we encourage other people to find what works for their partnership and be, you know, habitual students of each other. Mm -hmm. you, know, so you can continue to try to get it right. Yeah. yeah. To that point, shout out to uh, Misha, our girl Misha in the in the chat. A lot of unlearning needed, both women, women and both men, men, so, men and women. Uh -huh. Yes, yeah. uh, but learn constant learning of our of each other. And mm -hmm. I would also add to that: you should also be constantly learning yourselves. I would argue that one of the reasons I think we both work really well is that we are invested in and committed to our own growth and healing. That's one of my favorite things about Scott Hayes is that he will get in his own therapy session, not at my prompting, not at my nudging. I might encourage if he's just like all the way shut down a little bit and like, yeah. won't you, you know, talk to somebody, but he's committed to growing himself. And I think when you are invested in your own self-worth, not that you will get it right 100% of the time, but when you're invested in, in yourself in that way, it allows mm -hmm. you to show up in a different way in your relationships. And yeah. so he is not reliant upon me for his joy and his peace and all of those things. I am not reliant upon him for those things. We are responsible for it for, our, like, for ourselves. And then we get to share that 
with each other. You know what I mean? Oh my God, it's something that you just said that I love this conversation because last week I talked to the fa uh, favorite librarian, shout out to favorite librarian. And she said almost the exact same thing. So her wording was just a little bit different. It's like, we experience joy within and then we saturate it, you know, to other places and with other people. And I love that because I think people think that someone else is supposed to make me happy or someone else is supposed to bring me joy, right? There's songs about it. People talk about it. Like we put this res this responsibility on a whole nother being with a whole nother set of experiences, traumas, whatever it is that they've had. Mm -hmm. We put it, we put this res huge responsibility on a whole nother being yeah. to bring us joy. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, you will const you will always be disappointed. Always. You can start off, you can start off all right, but that's a lot of pressure for somebody to have to sustain like your happiness 100 yeah. percent Always yeah. be disappointed. Yeah. Absolutely. My grandmother has always said to me, and I repeat it over and over because it's so true. One is a whole number. That means I am whole, I am complete in and of myself. He is whole, he is complete in and of himself. And we come together, right, to connect in our wholeness. So, yeah. Come on, grandmama, with the word. Mm -hmm. right. Grandmama's word. So, I got a question from our Heal Black Joy tribe member. Actually, two questions. Perry Simone says, shout out to Perry. How do you all balance being business partners as well as life partners? And then her other question is, not sure if this has been touched on yet, but what role do you feel friendship plays in a romantic relationship? Thank you for those questions, Perry. Thank you, Perry. So I'll, I'll jump on the first one. How do, how do we balance um, our um, relationship with being kind of business partners? Hell, the best we can. <laughs> you know? Um, Each other's nerves and talking about praying, do it anyway. We, um, <laughs> you know, the the word that I've set aside for this year is is intentional, mm -hmm. and I, that um, it is about where your intention lies. Yeah. And you know, my intention first and foremost is to to be a good partner for for this woman, right? Mm. And so I have to be intentional about making sure that we have date nights. Um, our anniversary is coming up uh, on Valentine's Day, hey. and we're not hey. going out of town, but we're going to do a staycation just okay. to be out of this house, away from the podcast equipment, so we won't have any choice but to, you know, change our environment, take some time to just be with each other and, and invest, you know, in this partnership. And I think that we can get so busy sometimes with thinking about what we want our next house to look like, how we want to grow our audience, all of those things yeah. that um you can get lost in the sauce. And uh, yeah. you know, I think self-care uh, for me is important and just as well as like the care of this relationship um, because it's, it's all for not. If, if we get a million followers and then we end up not being together because we haven't taken good care of each other, then what does it matter? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Know? Yeah. We'll just be somebody, so someone else on a platform that has split, right? So we have to be careful and make sure that we care, you know, for this relationship. So I think that it's about being intentional and about doing the best that we can. And, yeah. uh, you know, giving ourselves permission to make the adjustment when it ain't right. Mm. Yeah, that is good. I love that word intentional because I think we should be intentional with all of our relationships, including mm -hmm. our relationship with ourselves. 
which is the most important relationship. And of course, our relationship with God. Um, So the other question was, how important is friendship inside of that relationship? How how important is it? Yeah, I I think it, there's probably not one definitive answer. It could vary from couple to couple. It depends on what your preference is, Perry. For me, it's important to be a friend, have a friendship in my relationship. Um, And I believe Scott is my absolute best friend. And honestly, it felt like for me, like, what was I doing before him? You know what I mean? I can't even like remember like before. And I, it's important to me to have laughter and to be able to share conversations about my day and what I'm thinking and just be authentically myself 100% of the time. That's important to me. And that to me is, is friendship. And I'll also say that it's not, in my opinion, healthy for him to be my only friend as well. So I do want friendship in our relationship, but I also value dearly my friendships with my girlfriends, our friendships with other couples, just like having, um, I was going to say options, but I don't know if that's it. (laughs) Just being Mm -hmm. well-rounded in Mm -hmm. in friendships, um, I think is helpful. That's, That's what I prefer. Absolutely. Um, my dad, I always ask my dad this because, you know, I, I, I'm divorced, been a divorce for a while. And my parents have been married uh, almost 60 years. Wow. And I asked my dad, I asked both of my parents, but my mom always defers to my dad because he's more, he's, he's the guy that, you know, that does more talking than she does. And he, and I said, daddy, I know what it takes to get married. What does it take to stay married? Right. And his word is, this is what he said to me. He said, you have to be committed to the commitment. Ooh, come nice. on, Pops. Yeah. And I asked him, what did that mean? And he was just like, well, you know, situations are going to arise in marriage, right? You know, and he, he expl- explained the things that arise in their marriage with a child being sick. They've had parents that have been sick. They've had parents to die. You know, you might have job loss, you know, anything of those, anything that might happen, or you might have a sickness or an illness. And Mm -hmm. he said, what would I look like as a man to walk away from your mother when she's going through something or when I'm going through something? Mm -hmm. So we made a commitment to the commitment of marriage. And I thought that was a beautiful sentiment. And I know that that's one of the key ingredients that's kept them together. What is specifically the key ingredients? I know vulnerability. I know you said authenticity, laughter. Um, what in your marriage are the key ingredients for you guys? Um, I think it's like a strong combination of, of uh, our friendship, uh, commitment to our own healing, like on an ongoing basis. Um being able to recognize when situations are, are bigger than us and we need to take it to therapy. Yeah. Um, we have decided as a couple that we are going to have marital therapy as a part of a regular maintenance in this marriage. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, once a month we, we have a session mm-hmm. just to kind of talk through things. Um, mm. um, and not using, you know, uh, therapy as a, um, crisis intervention, mm-hmm. or rather as something that is preventative uh, as as medicine. And, um, you know, again, just just being committed to this relationship to, to the the God in the relationship and the therapy in the relationship. Mm. And knowing that at the end of the day, 
this is my teammate. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, no matter what, whatever she's doing, I know she's not, it's not coming from a, a, a bad place. I know that, you know, whatever it is, she's, she's doing the best that, that she can with what she has in that mm -hmm. moment. And it's up to me to tell her like, Hey, I heard what you said and, and, and I received it in this way and it hurt my feelings. Right. So, mm -hmm. Allow things to fester, to have the conversation when it's necessary in the moment, those types of things. And, you know, uh, as much as we try to do all of those things that I feel like are important, we don't always get it right. But it's important to be able to correct, you know, as soon as you can. And I think uh, cultivating a safe space between us where those conversations can happen is, uh, is important for us. I would echo that. I was going to say yes to God and therapy for sure. And also communication. What I um, appreciate about our relationship and value so much is that we are okay with having the difficult conversations. Like we might shut down for a hot second and like need our space. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I usually shut down first. <laughs> we <laughs> and then we always manage to come back and have the conversation about the thing anyways. Mm -hmm. What be, for example, recently, like our last therapy session, conversation got intense and uncomfortable and there were tears from me. And then to still be able to afterwards be like, you know, I saw how you felt in therapy and like actually just have a conversation even outside of like a mediated session. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or there have been just a number of other times in our relationship where that's just been the case. Like this thing is really hard. Um, this is a, a really low valley for us. And we're going to talk it out and we might not have immediate next steps or understand where we go from there. But I, I'm, I believe that a lot of resentments build up when you don't just say the thing and I'm mm. not, I don't know how to dance around elephants in the room. And so it's interesting to me that I see a lot of folks who can like have these little spats or disagreements and not see eye to eye. And then they just carry on and like kind of brush it under the rug. But those build up little pebbles and eventually the pebbles under the rug like become a mountain that you cannot overcome together. You can't climb it. So I <laughs> I'd rather just say it. Like let's just air mm -hmm. it out. And again, I wanna I wanna be clear and say that that's not always easy to do. So I don't mm -hmm. wanna just be like, just talk about it. Like that's not always easy. But right. you could get it out in some way. Can you send a text message? Can you write it on chalkboard? Can you write it down in the letter? Can like can you get it out in some way? Yeah, um, so that the resentment doesn't build up. And I think as long I hope we're able to do that, you know, we still brand brand new. Um, but you know, that's, that's been, I think, key in us like having ha maintaining, like, listen, from a divorced person who started off in my late 20s, me and my ex husband got married in our late 20s, I was 28, he was 29. And we got married the year of uh, September 11th and we had our daughter in the same year like 11 days after mm -hmm. September 11th so it was a lot of things that were going you know that were happening that didn't really set us up for success to begin with just that was out of our control mm -hmm. and then I will say we did not have the emotional tools mm -hmm. that would make a marriage successful what I recognize in this conversation is that one, you guys are not only committed to each other and you're a beautiful black couple, but you guys have the emotional tools because you recognize, hey, he's still, you know, when you were in the bumble phase, bumble boo phase, he still got some stuff to do with this marriage. 
he's not emotionally available, right? Which mm -hmm. a lot of times, I just hate to say it, with our, with our beautiful Black men, they weren't taught emotional availability because they're modeling behavior after they see their, their fathers mm -hmm. and, or their grandfathers. And that generation of men were not necessarily so emotionally connected based off of survival. They had to mm -hmm. be a certain way so that they could survive in this world, right? In America. Yeah. So you fast forward to now, that's what our men are seeing. So a lot of times they're not emotionally available. And and and, and we did a November Ode to, to, to Black Men. I did a whole month mm -hmm. of conversations surrounding Black men. And what I noticed in every single conversation, every comment that was from a Black man, every DM that was from a Black man, they talked about not having that emotional availability. Wow. That emotional availability. So that's something that, you know, I know I didn't have it. My ex-husband didn't have it. We didn't have those tools. So what I say to you guys, kudos for having that emotional availability towards each other and understanding that one, it's okay to get therapy. We come from this, this community, my generation, where if you're going to therapy, that deems you wrong, crazy. crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, we got to take the stigma off of that, you guys. We have to take the stigma off of that. And I think it's important. The, the other thing that you said, Scott, that was important was maintenance. You're mm -hmm. not doing mm -hmm. it as I'm being reactive. I'm being proactive. We're being proactive right. in this. That makes it, you know, you can have those ugly conversations, as Shate says, and then move on from it. Because a lot of times when we're coming into relationships with our filter, with our trauma, we don't have those emotional tools. And when I look back on it, just from the things that you guys have shared tonight, I can say, I can honestly say, I didn't have the emotional tools. <laughs> and I didn't exercise the opportunity to go to therapy. Mm. I didn't do that until it was almost at the bitter end. It's like, okay, we about to split up. Let's do this as a last dish effort. Yeah. <laughs> right. And by that time, you know, we had so many pain, pained points and pained experiences. We both were like, what are we, we're just doing this for the, for the sake of our parents and for the sake of the people that believe in marriage and want us to stay married. But yeah. we weren't happy. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? We weren't happy. We didn't have those emotional tools and it was it was just a failure from that standpoint. Yeah. You know, there are also some things that, you know, going back to the unlearning part of it, even, you know, in our most recent therapy session where um Shate did cry, I felt so bad that uh I felt like I made her cry, mm. right? Uh with my truth. Mm. Um and so for everything that I learned, like it was important like not to make your woman cry. Mm. right but at what cost yeah so am i gonna die to this thing that i really need to say or am i gonna risk her tears um Ooh, still, wait even, a minute even <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> hold up <laughs> yeah you just said a word right there i need you to rewind go back so the hill black joy tribe and the love hate podcast tribe can hear what you just said because i think that is big that is very key. Yeah, so am, am I going to die to this thing that I, that I need to say? Or am I going to risk her tears? 
And I, I felt bad when my wife was in therapy crying because she had heard my truth, right? But also, I recognized the therapeutic process, and this is a safe space for her to have her tears. Mm -hmm. I hope that they're cleansing for her, but also my truth is out there. So I don't mm -hmm. have to swap. I ain't got to eat my truth and then resent her on the back end and do some foolishness on the back end in, in the midst of my resentment and uh, not be walking in my truth and still not getting my needs met. Mm -hmm. right within this household so there's an opportunity for our truth to coexist right with with those things and so um as much as i love my wife i'm i'm, I'm much less concerned about whether or not she cries um you know I, I i would rather her cry in therapy in that safe space than be crying because i did something to injure her yeah yeah because or i did because i did, right because i yes. didn't walk in my truth and because right. I didn't want to tell my truth. I, I love this, you guys. This is what Heal Black Joy is about. This is what Black love and Black joy is about. Because I believe when you are living in your, your authentic truth, when you speak your truth, what happens on the other side of truth brings freedom. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Right? And <clears throat> it also presents an opportunity for you to experience him in the most authentic way, which I think is a gift of love in itself. Absolutely. Because a lot of times we walk around in our pain. We walk around covering up and putting on these layers of our ego to cover up our truth, right? Whether, you know, it's habitual dating, whether it's, you know, betraying people in relationship, whether it's, you know, abuse verbally you know sexually mentally how whatever those things are we put on all these layers to cover up our truth and instead of like I, I think you whatever your wording was is that you don't mind her having those tears in that safe space but not at the expense of your truth right mm -hmm. which is a gift to her because it allows her to see you in your authentic truth and now you have the freedom to be who you really are and who you want her to see and experience. Absolutely. That that's amazing. I love this. I I love this. Communication is one of the hot topics when it comes to successful relationships, right? Um I had that conversation with my brother Larry Stark who is uh he he's a he's a relationship coach. He deals with men on a regular basis and we talked about this, like communication in relationships. What is your communication style and how has that helped you navigate your marriage? Communication style. You know, it's interesting. That's an interesting question. Uh, we do a lot of shit talking. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we do have this decal in our wallet that says love and laughter. There's love and laughter, like signs everywhere, affirmations yeah. everywhere in the house. And so laughter is important to me and to us. And so we, we talk a lot of trash. Um, sometimes it's great and we're laughing and sometimes we go too far and be like, I think our feelings get a little hurt. <laughs> um, so we're, I think that's something we probably should, you know, put on the table for therapy. But uh, we talk, <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing, we, we talk a lot of trash, I would say also, even though we talk a lot of trash jokingly, um, mm -hmm. this is a space where we affirm one another as well. Mm -hmm. so, oh, like both of those can be true. So the trash talk is not 
um, ever personal attacks. It's usually on um, behaviors and silliness, thing, like things that we have done. And when mm. we affirm one another, it is about who we are as beings. Mm. Um, and then other than that, it really is what I mentioned before, like really honest conversations. Uh, the thing about our podcast, one of the things I love the most about it is like, it's really just a light on conversation, like how we talk all the time. Like when we were first starting to date, that's what, those are the things we were talking about, you know, views mm -hmm. um, and spiritual ideas and um, things we were healing from. And what are your yeah. thoughts on this thing? What are your thoughts on that thing? So hopefully I'm answering your question, but I guess style would be a little, you know, poking fun at each other, but still affirmative. Yeah. Still yeah. pretty pretty deep thinking or what I like to call brain banging um, pretty regularly. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are both very cerebral beings, I see. So I, I can see where the banter back and forth could be a, a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to those deep conversations, I can see how that could be just as, as entertaining as well, because you guys have very, uh, I, I call it that, you know, that 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 spidey sense, that sixth sense, you know, mm -hmm. divine connection Amen. where you're mm -hmm. not you're okay with being in your truth, but also being vulnerable enough that even if you don't know something, you can you could speak to that person and say, Hey, I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah. let's let's discuss. Yeah. So I I love that you guys. Um I always ask this question about healing black joy. Cause like I said, I think there's the, the whole purpose of heal black joy is i want to heal black joy that is my passion i want black people to be to have joy Amen. in all aspects of their life and in order to get to that joy we got to let go of that past that that that, that past that that you spoke of, that both of you spoke of whatever those triggers were that you attributed initially you thought it was her but it was your stuff right uh, which I think is big for you to even recognize that and know that. How do we heal Black joy in Black marriage? What do you think is the pain points when it comes to Black marriage right now today? Young Black couples. Mm -hmm. I have thoughts. Go ahead. I'll let you start when I'll tell me. I think that the answer to most relationships that's what we talk about in the podcast as well. I think we heal Black joy in Black marriages when we heal Black joy in ourselves. Mm. So if you have healed people, and I guess you could get a little philosophical in like, what does it mean to be healed? Are we ever actually fully healed, right? I think, you know, mm -hmm. we're probably always in process in some way. Right. But when you heal yourself, then you can bring a healed version of yourself to the relationship. And that is how you know, black healing, black joy can show up. I will also say that I strongly believe that we always have the joy. It is always here within us. And we just have to choose to tap into it. We have to choose to experience it. We have to choose to deploy it, I guess, for lack of a better word. So if you think about cloudy days, the sun is always shining. I think I heard this first from Oprah on Super Soul Sunday or something like that. The sun is always shining. The sun never doesn't shine. The clouds cover it. And so in healing, you, you can the, do the work to move the clouds and tap into the sun that is always there. So Black joy is always available to us. We, we have a choice to, mm. to, to use it, to tap into it. 
That's so that's so ironic that you say, and I love how you put that. I think what has happened in this this just being my passion of wanting to heal it, the joy is there, but the clouds are what is covering it up for so many people. Mm -hmm. And those clouds have become the norm for people, mm -hmm. right? They don't even recognize or think that they're worthy of the sun or the joy that's mm -hmm. behind the cloud. Okay. That's a word, yep. Mm -hmm. Right? So mm -hmm. what they do is they just exist with the clouds every day. Yep. Facts. They exist with the clouds every day. They exist with the clouds every day in singledom, and they exist with the clouds every day in marriage. Yep. Instead of having those uncomfortable conversations and even at the expense of someone's tears. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important that you said that because I think on the other side of those tears lies the truth and the truth will, will get you to freedom mm -hmm. where you can mm -hmm. both be your authentic self. So I think that is amazing. Um, what are you guys working on? What are you guys, besides the Love Haze podcast, are you guys working on anything individually? What are you working on collectively? What are you guys doing? Um, so ultimately, I think we want to work towards, like, uh, of course, growing the podcast. And, and we are hoping that the collection of the conversations at some point will um, lead to, you know, a, a book that we will hope to put together that really just encourages people to um, walk in their truth, to um, to be people who are constantly healing and not waiting, you know, for their healing to come, but to understand that it is a journey mm -hmm. that we have to navigate yeah. um, and to just be encouraged around that. Uh, also, we're hoping to at some point have like a series of like live conversations where we have dinner mm -hmm. and uh, just lay it all out on the table, literally um, have some, some good food, some good drinks and just talk about how we all navigate life uh, in partnership in marriage individually mm -hmm. uh, and how we can get all of those things done. We are also working on a concept called um, black love journeys with this idea that black love travels well mm -hmm. Um, mm. And, you know, ultimately curating trips where, you know, black folks who are, you know, couples and singles and married folk just go and we travel and we love on each other. And, um, you know, we we show how it's done that, you know, uh, real black love does exist. Uh, it exists in your singledom. Mm -hmm. uh, it exists when you are partnered. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's all about us navigating those spaces. Uh, and navigating them well, mm -hmm. you know, and Absolutely. ultimately whatever it is that you desire will, will come to, to be. Uh, I think for me, one of the, one of the mantras that I live by is that it is not the blowing of the wind, right? It's the setting of the sail, right? Mm -hmm. So the wind is going to do what the wind is going to do, right? It is about me setting myself and knowing how to navigate, you know, yeah. this particular journey. And, and more than that, it's about not sitting on the shore, and waiting for the winds to be calm enough. Mm -hmm. It's about knowing how to navigate. So I got to get off my butt and get on my boat and navigate this thing. That's that's how I find my joy, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. My joy ain't over here on the safety of the shore. Mm 
Mm. It's out here in the adventure. And um, no matter what I experience, it will be something that I'm supposed to glean from that experience. And yeah. I can't be scared to learn the lesson. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. You guys, this has been a wonderful conversation. I know that uh, my Hill Black Joy tribe, even those those that are not on are probably going to join and watch later on tonight. Yeah. If they don't watch later on tonight, they will definitely go over to our YouTube channel and watch it. Um, I want to thank you guys for not only just your expression of love towards each other, your your vulnerability uh, to share the honest truth about your dating story and and how that played out and how you recognized there was a connection there, but you didn't even in your even in your humanness. It's just like, whoa, let me just take a little break because I don't know what's going on over here. And maybe she playing games over here. That's just human, <laughs> right. right? That's just mm -hmm. that is just real real human beingness, <laughs> right? So I'm glad that you guys were able to come back because I think the connection was so strong and recognizing that this this love thing that you guys got, I can see it. It comes off the page for sure. It comes off of your podcast. I think you guys are a beautiful couple. And I'm going to talk to you later on about an idea that I have that I think you guys will be perfect at. So, oh. so, so you're going to have something else to do. <laughs> you guys are in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm in Atlanta. We go. We got to talk. We got to talk later on. Turn up. Thank you, the Love Haze, you guys. Thank you, Love Haze. Thank, Thank you, you, Scott and Shatay, for coming on and sharing your journey in Black love and Black marriage with My Hill Black Joy Tribe. I know My Hill Black Joy Tribe thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, you guys, share this live out to your group of people so that they can understand what vulnerability is inside of Black love and inside of Black marriage and what truth is inside of Black love and Black marriage. I think these guys are amazing. So thank you guys. Thank you, thank you so much. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good evening. All right. Y'all right. too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Always remember that this healing journey, sometimes it's going to feel like soul food and sometimes it's going to feel like war. I urge you to acknowledge and honor both positions and everything in between. Thanks for tuning into the Heal Black Joy podcast presents... Soul Food and War.